Hold on. Did that motherfucker just call me a twat? Oh, he did. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome back to Totally Weird and Twisted Podcast. It's been a while since we've done an actual episode. We've I been know. busy doing some really cool interviews, and we actually have some more coming up. But we're happy yes. to be back recording a legit episode or two. Hopefully two. Yeah. Definitely two. Definitely two. If, you know, my family life calms the fuck down <laughs> we keep being pulled away but anyway i am so happy to be recording mm-hmm. i love actually i love everything we're doing and i love the interviews with these people because yeah. they're so fucking interesting and we get to meet some really cool people yeah i mean and i think those are going to be like future people that we just are going to keep in contact with I you agree. know so that's really cool um but you know it's also really fun to talk about stuff just you and me on our show yeah so I'm super stoked. Um, I guess we should talk about... I We left them with our investigation. That's the last time. That's right. That's right. So uh, just to refresh your brains, we You went... mean you guys don't remember everything we tell you? Right. How <laughs> dare you? So uh, we went down to Withville, Virginia, um, and we met up with the East Tennessee Ghost Seekers, and we did an awesome investigation um and there was a ton going on there were full body apparitions Mm -hmm. there were a ton of evps uh equipment going crazy mandy started choking in the dirt basement of the place oh my god i forgot about that i felt like (laughs) they're like mandy do you need to get out of here i was like no like something's happening leave me alone and i actually had to leave because i felt like the bitch was like from the inside out taking my throat and just squeezing well, the life out of it's me. It's funny that you say it that way because I can tell you it was not a female. I can tell you it was because of the EVPs I caught. Well, I can tell you that after you left the basement, mm-hmm. I'm sitting in this chair in the corner and it's like pitch black in there. Mm-hmm. And um, yeah, we haven't had time to talk about this at all. Yeah. So I'm sitting there, right? And um, I can't remember his name. I think it's Mike. Yeah. Yeah, so Mike is, like, over in the other corner, and there's no one around me, and all of a sudden, this sounds so crazy, right? Right behind my head, it was a male voice, and uh-huh. it was like, <laughs> and I was like, what the fuck? I jumped up so fast, I grabbed Mike, and I twisted him around in front of me, and I was like, I know you don't know me that well, but, like, this male voice, it, I couldn't tell you what it said. It sounded to me like, like it was trying to scare me. So when I was, uh, last Friday when I was on Paratalk with East Tennessee Ghost Seekers, um, they actually told me about that. So they knew about it. That, that happened with you. They heard it. Did they get it on audio? I don't know. I didn't ask about that, but they did tell me that you jumped behind Mike. Fuck yeah, I did. Because literally something came right up behind me. And intentionally, I feel like, tried to scare me. So... But there was no one there. Okay, but I know that there was a woman down there. Because you know how I felt like um, I was getting, like, the air taken out of me and I had to leave and Andrea took me out? So right before that happened, when I felt that cold spot on my back and something on my arm... Yeah. And, like, I was losing my breath, um, an EVP of a female, clear as day, came on and said, man. Man? Like, there was a man there. So maybe there was both. There was two spirits down there. So maybe she was trying to get you out of there because the man was bad. Maybe. She because just was like, remember, Mandy's too far gone. He's right behind her. I'm well, going to get Katie out. <laughs> the obelisk when I asked how many of you are down here and the obelisk said six. Yes. And then Andrea was like, uh, it's wrong because there's seven of us down here. But I didn't ask how many of us are down here. I said, how many of you are down here? Oh. And it said six. Interesting. But the woman, um, when they were talking and they were like, I can't tell like what I'm seeing or who's over there. Mm-hmm. Right when they were talking, you can hear them talking about it in the background and right up next to the recorder. Mm-hmm. It says, man, 
It was Again? a woman's voice. No, I'm telling you, like, how, oh, what oh, was oh. happening when I caught it. But I, I felt her next to me. Like, that's yeah. when my back got cold and I could feel it, like, on my arm. Well, she should have warned me about the man. Well, I didn't hear it audibly. Well, yeah, that's I true. only caught it on audio. Well, that's what was so scary about him, is it was not on audio. It was audibly, like, this man. Like a disembodied voice. Was in, it didn't even sound like that. It sounded like there was a fucking creeper man behind me. He's probably like, I'm going to scare this bitch. And he just like <laughs> got up in my ear and was like, or something. <laughs> and dude, I literally probably floated out of that seat. I don't think I even jumped. I think I just was like, my body just fucking moved. And I just grabbed Mike and I was like, I'm so sorry, but there's something trying to scare We're me We're best here. friends now. <laughs> Do you remember... We, me and Katie were in this room, and uh, they had seen like a full body apparition. Yeah, like of a kid, right? No, it was an adult. Oh, it was an adult. Yeah. So they had seen that, and I'm in there after the fact, and something gets thrown at me, like right next to me, real hard, and I jumped and I hugged the shit out of Katie, like thinking she'd protect me from something we can't from see. from something that we can't see. Yeah. <laughs> but then we looked around, we couldn't find anything. The only thing that we could think of is it either came from that closet where Mike and I saw the apparition. Yeah. Or it came from the ceiling. I thought the for attic me, opening. it felt like it came from the attic opening. But we didn't find something that hit the floor that would have made such a loud noise. Yeah. That was so weird. But, I mean, everyone in the room heard it. Yeah. And I'm like, I'm a ghost investigator. It's so fun. And two times, I, like, jump in he's like, people. Ah! <laughs> well, because, you know, when you're investigating ghosts, you look, you review the evidence and that's when you find your evidence. Yeah. You know? So Most it's not time, normally yeah. that scary. So when you're not reviewing and it's happening in real time, it's fucking scary. I only got scared the one time in the basement. And in hindsight, when I was reviewing my evidence, mm-hmm. I was like, oh shit, this bitch was trying to warn me. And yeah. I'm sitting here thinking. And I'm just like, do, 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 while the man's right behind me. Well, I figured out why all of the sudden my anxiety kicked up. I feel like she was trying to warn me. Yeah, I think she was too. Yeah, and it worked. She got me out of there and I left. Here's my question is how did he have the power to, like, you know, audibly let me hear him in real time and not have to listen back, you know? Yeah. And how do other spirits, like, you catch it on EVP, but you don't hear it till later. You know what I mean? You know, I think it's one, I think they may have more control than we understand. Yeah. And two, I think it's how much power they have at the time, like right. how much energy they have at the time that that happens. Right. Well, maybe so, he was the one like sucking your energy out to do it. And that's why she was like, get man, the fuck out. like, yeah. And you she know? was like, He's go, the one go, doing go. It. Yeah. And he was using that to be able to vocally. Right. Because so like when Andrea was sitting next to me, she was having the same problems where her anxiety was spiking, but didn't understand why. And she's like, I almost feel like it's getting harder to breathe. But then Steven was like, Andrea, come over here. Cause she had a, she had a digital voice recorder yeah. in her hand. And he was like, bring the recorder over here. And then I was okay for about four or five minutes. And then all of a sudden I felt my body like just. Not panicking. I mm-hmm. could tell it wasn't my own body getting anxious. Like, I could tell I wasn't... It wasn't me, you know... As somebody that um, has suffered from, like, panic disorder right. for as long as I can remember, I could tell that it wasn't my body in control, and it wasn't... It, I could tell something was doing this to me. It right. wasn't my panic disorder, if right. that makes sense. Yeah, so you felt like you had to leave to... Right. And then all of a sudden, it felt like something was squeezing my esophagus. And I was like, what the fuck is happening? That's a weird word. My, esophag- my esophageal esophagus. sphincter was closing. It was so- my esophagus, guys. Right. So, and then it started feeling like there was so much pressure on my chest. I was like, what the fuck? Fuck. And I was like, guys. Little like, do you know there's like a ghost like just sitting on your chest, just banging It's on. like playing like a like, fucking I'll bongo. I'll it's like blah, 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 blah. <laughs> It's like, these are fun. She's like, man. Yeah. <laughs> well, so, see, that would work too. That makes sense. Right. Too. Bongo tits. But <laughs> but anyways, I mean it was really cool. I got an EVP of a of a girl uh upstairs in the children's room. Uh-huh. I have an EVP of a girl responding to questions. Oh, I can't wait to hear it. Uh, yeah, I haven't even told ETGS yet. Oh, I'm, I, I mean, I'm not it. even done going through all of my stuff. See, I went through so, some of mine, but 
But I quit because like the air was running in there, and all you hear is like. You really have to listen. So like I have, I have to, to run back. it through my computer, and I have to try and like try and pull it out somehow. Yeah, and you know between. Sorry, between, sorry my nose is snotty. I just like keep your COVID to yourself. Bitch. I sniffed in the microphone. So you know between my six and a half year old and my puppy, you know, I have to do it when it's like my quiet time at night. Right. You really, like you said, you have to, I have to like hear it and be able to like focus. And a lot of times it's like 11 o'clock before I can sit down and like woosah myself. Right. And sometimes I'm like, I can devote like 15 minutes to this before I'm like tapping out and need to like go to sleep. So I'm just doing a little bit at a time. And it's so loud in your ears because you have to put it up as loud as you can to see if you caught something underneath. Right, and so then when for you think like you hear fifteen minutes, like you're like, <laughs> you're like, oh my god. Right, and then you know you have to like slow it down to half speed if you think you hear something. And then repeat, 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 repeat. Uh, bookmark, and then bookmark this, and then go back. Right. Yeah. Repeat, repeat. Do you repeat, have your spirit box down. with you? Uh, my spirit box is not with me. I have my spirit box. I just don't know where the speaker went, but maybe we could do that later. Yeah, that'd, that'd be, be fun. fun. So we but, have more shit to go through. Yes. On another note. We... Oh, wait. I wanted to tell one more story about it. Oh, sure. I was going to say, before we stop talking about this, I want to tell you my favorite moment of the whole night Oh, was Katie and I were... So, this house had, like, what, four floors or something? Including the basement, yeah. Including the basement. Mm-hmm. So, we were heading back, just the two of us, to go to the basement. And we get in this room. It's like a Civil War relic room. And we start hearing <laughs> this fucking noise. I'm going to try and replicate it for you. Oh, please do. So we were, that was the chair, by the way. That wasn't it. That was so, the noise. <laughs> so we enter this room and I like grab her arm. I'm like, Katie, listen. And it's like. <laughs> <laughs> and then she hears it. And so in front of us, there's two drawn curtains. But the and bottom like, of the curtain is bulging oh, yes. out. So the bottom of one of the, the curtains is bulging out. And we're like, there's fucking something back there. And it's just like. And mind you, and then, we don't know what's behind the curtains. We don't know if no, it goes. We have no idea. There's curtains everywhere. So sometimes it's just blocking off a hallway. Sometimes they're covering doors. We don't know. So we don't know what these curtains. Right. We have no idea when you move the curtains what's behind it. Right. But so then Mike, the guy that I assaulted earlier when I heard the voice, (laughs) comes in and it wasn't making the noise. And we're like, just wait, just wait. There's like something. Meanwhile, we're like, guys, guys, anybody (laughs) come here. So we're like, just wait, just wait. And um, he starts getting a little closer. And then it starts that (laughs) like weird, crazy fucking noise. And he's like, oh, shit. So he leaves and he goes to get Steve Wiseman. Yeah. And then Steve Wiseman comes in and it wasn't doing it right at first either. And then he hears it. And so we're all staying back, including Mike. Right. (laughs) Love you, Mike. Right. (laughs) But Steve is the one like going towards the curtains and we're like, oh man, what the fuck? It's like if, if you picture the noise a zombie makes. You would think there's a fucking zombie behind this curtain. And meanwhile, so like the bulge where it looks like something's behind this curtain. Yeah. It's going away and then the curtain's flat again. And then it's like it comes back out when you oh, hear see, the sound. I didn't notice that. Yeah. And then the sound would stop and it was like the curtain would go flat again. And then all of a sudden you'd watch it bulge back out and then you'd hear the sound again. So we're like, what the fuck is going on? Right. So, so as Steve gets up there and he opens the curtains and there's a door behind it with like glass windows in it so you They're can like see outside doors. yeah and it is a raccoon digging in the trash right behind that door but i was like dude if this is fucking paranormal then we just got the best evidence of anyone has ever had in their life <laughs> but it was a raccoon right still scary as fuck though dude for that noise, noise it everyone literally... was like what the fuck yeah we were all spooked at that point because <laughs> we're like what the hell is this you know, we're seeing full body apparitions. We're hearing tapping, walking, knocking, disembodied voices. We're being touched. I mean, the whole gamut. It was like a fucking, it was everything you could want in a paranormal investigation. And then all of a sudden you hear this fucking crunching and you're watching this curtain move and you're like, nobody knows what's behind it. 
And then you open it and there's a raccoon outside. And we're like, what? What? I mean, at the same time, I was relieved because I'm like, if anything paranormal can make that sound that audibly. Right. Like, that's not good. This is a demon, guys. This so is a demon. it was like you were bummed that it was a raccoon, but you were also like, oh, thank God, thank God I can breathe again. <laughs> anyway, that was my one of my favorite moments. <laughs> so also. Yes. We were, um. We were privy, privy to an early screening of a short film, short, short horror, horror film, film called Slit. Um, it's not out yet. It'll be out in the fall. And we got a sneak preview. Well, not really a preview because we got to watch the whole thing. But it was really cool. And the director is amazing. He yeah. was, he's one of the nicest people. Yeah, his name is Oak Anderson. And the show's called Slit. So you can look both of them up on Instagram. Right. Instagram. Definitely hit him up. He's really cool. So it'll be out in the fall. It's a pretty cool short film. It's only eight minutes. Um, so we will keep you abreast of the situation. <laughs> abreast. Abreast. Um, when it comes out, when we have a release date. But, but also, if you guys follow them, I'm sure that that will keep you updated on all their need-to-know stuff yeah. as well. Slit movie. that's how we'll find out as well. Right, slit movie. But we, we got a preview of it. So uh, give them a follow and check it out when it comes out in the fall. Anyways, on with the show. Cheers, bitch. Cheers, yeah. I was thinking we haven't cheers yet. I should have had a glass cup. Should have. That scary, can't you hear that scary noise? Don't you never let him get you from your mammy's door, cause mammy loves you so. Yes, you run and don't look back until you get to Pappy Shack, the boogeyman is here. Okay, so I am so excited for tonight's episode. Because it is about cursed movie sets, Ooh. which I know, even if you don't remember, you have definitely heard about some of these. Okay. For sure. Dazzle me. So, obviously this is about cursed movie sets, but it's like so much more than that. Because it's like people who die during production. And oh, like bad like Jason Lee happens. with the crow and, and shit yep, like that? Yeah, with the crow and all that. Cool. Yeah. So... My first one up is Rosemary's Baby. Nice. Because I went more for like the scary movies, but um, that one did come up, The Crow. Okay, cool. Um, so this was directed by Roman Polanski, mm-hmm. who we all know now as the white or the husband of Sharon Tate. Mm-hmm. Um, and it is one of the most controversial horror movies and well known for its series of unfortunate events on and off the set. So I'm sure all you guys that listen to us have seen Rosemary's Baby, but just Except in for case me. you have not I've seen it. I've never seen it. No. Oh my god! <laughs> I'm telling them. Of course you've seen it. My of course you've seen, seen it. Seen yep, it. not me. Well, let me tell Katie then. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, guys. <laughs> it tells the story of a pregnant woman who discovers that her husband has made a deal with a religious cult and believes that the father of her baby is Satan. Oh, fun. Yes. Um, the composer, Christoph Komeda, died of a brain clot a year after the film was released. Good lord. Coincidentally, this is the same way Rosemary's friend, Hutch, played by Maurice Evans, dies in the movie. Hmm. Uh, there's a more horrific story, which tells the tale of the murder. Oh, this is something that happened in real life. So, Roman Plansky's wife, Sharon Tate, and four others were killed by Marilyn Manson and his gang of weirdos yeah um that happened psycho clan yeah and tate sharon tate was 18 months eight months eight months pregnant she was 18 months pregnant like not trying to make a joke about this but (laughs) she was eight months pregnant at the time um she was stabbed 16 times Mm -hmm. when the bodies were found at tate's home in beverly hills one of the killers susan atkins 
soaked a towel in Tate's blood and wrote pig on the front door. Mm-hmm. Nasty. Right. And if you go back into that story, it turns out that they were really... Manson's beef was with the person who lived in the house before Sharon Tate and right. Roman Polanski. So right. it was fucked up. But anyway, the timing is like weird because Rosemary's Baby came out. Right. Um, William Castle, who was a producer on the film, received death threats a year after the film was released. He was taken to the hospital due to kidney failure days later. As he, um, as he was being admitted, he yelled out, Rosemary, for God's sake, drop the knife. Later, he died of a heart attack while in their custody. What? Lastly, Rosemary's apartment building was the same building where Beatles star John Lennon was shot and killed. I think it's called the Dakota uh-huh. in uh, New York City. The building has been known to have frequent ghost sightings and strange happenings. The next movie, Poltergeist. Yes. Poltergeist 2. Poltergeist 3. Yes. <laughs> So, this horror classic, directed by Toby Hooper, also known as another genre masterpiece, such as Texas Chainsaw Massacre and Salem's Lot, the story focuses on a family whose home is invaded by malevolent ghosts that abduct the family's younger daughter, Carol Ann. Have you seen the Poltergeist movies? I've seen the first one. Oh my god! She's got some catching up to do. I'm gonna make it happen. I don't, you know... I don't have a lot of friends that watch those movies. Oh, dude. I've watched these since I was a fucking little, little so, kid. So, sometimes, like, you know, when you have a little kid running around that's terrified of this shit, you know what I mean? Right. It's like me watching them by myself isn't as exciting as watching them with somebody. Yeah, but these ones I watched when I was a kid. Yeah, see, and I didn't. Did your mom let you watch them? No. Oh, well, see, that's different. My parents let me watch Yeah, them. no, I wasn't allowed to watch any of that shit. Because these are Steven Spielberg movies. My parents were all about it. Yeah, and so, like, now as an adult, it's like, will somebody watch this shit with me? Right, so if you didn't have the opportunity, because a lot of these movies date way back, and so... They do, they do. I watched them when I was a kid, but I was allowed to watch them, you right. know, which probably sparked this, like, love for horror movies. See, and I love them. It's just, it's not as fun when you're watching them by yourself. No, no, of course not. Right. Um... But there were a number of crazy fucking things that happened during their production and after. So, let me see. One of the most famous ones involved the film's producer, Steven Spielberg, deciding to use real skeletons for the muddy pool scene because they were cheaper than using plastic skeletons. How is that? You know what? Never mind. And you know what? The (laughs) actors didn't know. Shut up. Nope. That's awesome. He didn't tell them. So, if you saw the first movie, at the end... Of it, they, I think it was in an area where they were like building a new home site or something. Like all the ground was dug up, mm-hmm. but it there's this like terrible rainstorm, so it filled with water, and the wife slips through the mud and she goes into this fucking pool, and then all of a sudden, these skeletons start popping up everywhere and they're so scary looking and she's like trying to get out but the mud's too slippery yeah, and it's like yeah. crazy. But those were real dead bodies. No way. Yeah. I did not know that. Yeah. That is... I didn't know that. I found that out a couple of years ago. But my whole life leading up to that, I had no idea. That's cool. And, and I've I, seen that movie a thousand times. I'm shocked that it's <clears throat> supposedly cheaper to get, to get real bodies than plastic ones. Either that or that was his excuse to make them look realistic enough. Which would definitely make sense. Um, let's see. Actress Jo Beth Williams, who played Diane Freeling, mm-hmm. admitted she found out much later on that the scene used real skeletons, which some theorize were also used in the sequels as well. Would make sense. <clears throat> also of note, Williams recalled when she would return home after shooting, she would find her pictures hanging crooked on the wall. After straightening them and returning home in subsequent days, she would find them crooked again. William stated that this was a common reoccurrence only since filming this movie. Interesting. <clears throat> Julian Beck, who played Reverend Henry Kane in Poltergeist 2, who is... Do you remember... So you haven't seen this one. The, do you remember the gif I posted and it shows this creepy preacher guy yes. standing in the rain? He's like, let me in? Yes. That's him. Okay. So he is terrifying. He's creepy as fuck. So he was diagnosed with stomach cancer before he accepted his role. 
Um, Is that why he looks so gaunt? I assume Besides makeup? Yeah. Um, Months before the film made its theatrical release, he passed away. Oh. Due to his death, post-production brought in invoice actor Corey Burton to loop in some of the lines of the film. Now, he's not the only one they had to do that to. Okay. Let's see. Will Sampson, the actor who played Shaman in Poltergeist 2, went to the set late at night to perform an exorcism. So, I don't know why he did that. Like, I'm wondering if he was actually a shaman. Mm-hmm. So, Spielberg's going for, like, the real deal. Yeah. He's, like, real skeletons, real shaman. Right. Whatever. So... Go big or go home. <laughs> right. So, the shaman went to the set to perform an exorcism to get rid of so-called poltergeist curse. Or the poltergeist curse. hmm The next day, cast and crew members felt relieved, but then Samson died less than a year later due to malnutrition and post-operative kidney failure maybe he wanted to be the next skeleton yeah he's like put me in the third one bad taste good (laughs) joke (laughs) let's see oliver robbins who played robbie freeling had it so uh, i think this is the first one do you remember in the first one there was a scene where the little boy who's robbie he looks under the bed like he has a clown doll mm-hmm. like in front of his bed it's like sitting in a chair mm-hmm. and then all of a sudden he looks and the clown doll's gone yes and you're like oh shit and then he like drags him out of the bed and he's like strangling him and shit yeah well during that scene um due to a malfa- malfaction malfaction due to a malfunction in the prop the clown um was actually choking robert shut the fuck up and Everyone thought it was just like, oh my god, this kid's a fucking child prodigy. He's the best actor ever. And then they're like, oh no, no, he's really being choked. He was being choked by this fucking doll clown. That's And terrifying. he almost died. He almost died. Oh my god. Yeah. I'd be like, I'm never coming back to work, sorry. Uh, that, <laughs> how the fuck does that happen? Seriously. Um, one of two tragic accidents that made headlines was the tragic death of Dominique Dune, who played Dana Freeling in the film. She was the older sister. After the film was released, she was brutally strangled by her ex-boyfriend, John Thomas Sweeney, in the driveway of her home. Immediately, she went into a coma and was placed on life support. She never regained consciousness and died five days later at the age of 22. Good lord. For Sweeney, he was convicted of voluntary manslaughter and only served three and a half years in prison. Voluntary manslaughter And he gets served three, three and a half years for murdering his girlfriend. What the fuck? What? I know. It's bullshit. That's mm, that's infuriating. That's like that kid that rapes somebody and he's like, um, you're on house arrest for three months. And it's like, excuse the fuck out of you. Uh, yeah. No, he needs to be in there getting raped himself. You, you can die you for reap that what shit. you sow. I, I agree. Think. Anyway. <laughs> Sorry. Moving change on. it over. <laughs> the second death, though, is one of the saddest and most notable, which is Heather O'Rourke. She mm-hmm. is the little blonde girl who played um, Carol Ann. Mm-hmm. In all three Poltergeist films, she played Carol Ann, but she died at the age of 12 due to cardiac arrest and septic shock before the third one was finished. Mm-hmm. And the reason she died is because her she was misdiagnosed. Yeah misdiagnosed with um an intestinal issue jesus that's what was causing the septic shock that killed her but they didn't figure they misdiagnosed her for something else and they were treating her for something she didn't have basically anyway it probably made it worse yeah Uh -uh. so they needed to use the body of a double for a reshoot of the final scene because her untimely death was several months before the release of the film so, there's a scene in the third one where, like, all this crazy fucking shit's happened. They get Carol Ann back. And I think it's her aunt. So, in the third one, she's not with her parents. She's, like, living with her aunt and uncle or something. And she's holding her. And all you see is the back of her. Mm-hmm. But that's not the actress. She'd already passed. Mm-hmm. Let's see. Many say that the deaths of the two young actresses are clear evidence of the poltergeist film Curse. Other creepy occurrences, an air conditioner was struck by lightning and flew into someone's back during filming. Richard Lawson, who plays Ryan in the first film, was aboard a flight when it crash landed. Lawson was one of the 27 people out of 51 who survived. Wow. 
Now, this next movie had so much creepy shit, and I found it fascinating. Okay, lay it on me. The Omen. Mm. Have you seen it? Mm-hmm. Okay. So, this horror classic is directed by Richard Donner. It tells the story of a young child, Damien Thorne, played by Harvey Spencer Stevens, who was adopted at birth by a wealthy family. Soon thereafter, the husband and wife, surrounded by the ominous deaths, unaware, are surrounded by ominous deaths, unaware that their child is the Antichrist. Mm-hmm. So, Good movie. This has to be literally one of the most known films to have like a curse label because so much shit happened. Um, let's see. Screenwriter David Seltzer's plane was struck by lightning. Similarly, this happened to Gregory Peck, who plays American ambassador Robert Thorne in the movie. I love Father Gregory to Damien. Um, Peck canceled his reservation for his flight to find out later it had crashed and killed everyone on board. Oh my God. Let's see. The IRA bombed the hotel where director Richard Donner was residing during production. Dogs that were hired for the film attacked their trainers. In addition, the baboon scene that takes place at the safari park, an animal hand- handler was attacked and reportedly eaten alive by a lion. Talk about an omen. And this was <laughs> this was the day after they filmed at Jesus the zoo. Jesus Christ. Oh yeah, talk about an omen. Just wait. Oh, oh just God. wait. God. On the first day of filming, some crew members got into a head-on car crash. Luckily, no one was harmed in the incident. After creating an elaborate scene where a character dies from decapitation, some of the people behind the gag were victims of an automobile accident. Special effects supervisor John Richardson and his assistant Liz Moore were both involved in a head-on car crash that left Moore sliced in half, which is similar to how Richardson created the scene for the characters to perish on the film. Not creepy at all. Listen to this, though. This is what really got me. Um, The accident happened on Friday the 13th and on a road sign, or right next to a road sign that read O-M-M-E-N. Shut up. 66.6 kilometers. Shut the fuck up. Isn't that crazy? It says fucking Omen 666 on the sign. That's, yeah, there's two M's, but you know, whatever. It still says Omen. Yeah. Oh my God. Isn't that crazy? That's insane. I know. I was like, oh my God, I'm so talking about this. Um, several weeks before the filming, the son of Gregory Peck committed suicide. Mm-hmm. Unfortunately, I did know that one. the reason is unknown. Today, the Omen is not only popular for its plot and place in horror cinema, but for the so-called creepy incidents that surrounded the film known as The Curse of the Omen. Yeah. That's, wow. But when I was, like, reading about the road sign, I was like, I mean, it sucks that she got sliced in half. Obviously, that's terrible. Well, yeah. But, um, the omen shit. And it said. And it's a fucking omen. They were at kilometer mark 66.6. Yeah. Like, that's, like, what? Yeah. Yeah. That's nuts. We were going to the bay once to, we would, like, rent a house by the bay a lot in the fall. And for this short amount of time, we were on Route 666. And I was like, our house better not be on this fucking road. (laughs) (laughs) And it was pitch black. And you know when you're, like, getting into a rural area, your GPS, like, loses signal? Uh It happened when we were on that road. And I was like, oh, my God. I should have screenshot the direction. Recalculating. Yeah. Satellite signal lost or whatever. It's like, fucking hurry up. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. (laughs) I'm going to be in the Texas Chainsaw Massacre here in a minute. I know. Seriously. (laughs) All right, the next one is the Amityville Horror, yes. 1979 and 2005 edition. Ooh, both, huh? Yeah. So, directed by Stuart Rosenberg and known as one of the many horror films based on a true story, mm-hmm. Amityville Horror is about a real-life family who was shot and killed by their eldest boy, Ronald DeFeo, which all that is true. Mm-hmm. Um, what many can only speculate about is what exactly led Ronald DeFeo to commit this heinous crime. Some say he was possessed and heard voices, but to what extent does that drive a person to kill his own family? The story behind the Amityville Horror House still bewilders people to this day. So, this is the 1979 version. Actor James Brolin plays the father, George Lutz. 
he was hesitant about accepting the role. After reading the novel, he arrived to a very tense part when suddenly his pants fell off a hanger, causing him to jump out of his chair in terror while he was reading the right. book. Yeah. Right. Um, after this occurrence, he agreed to take the role, believing that there was something to the story. Hmm. But I think a lot of times, too, like, you're reading something scary, you're watching something scary. When you're in that zone. And some, like, you're already in that, like, if something moves behind you, you're going to fucking freak You're in out, that heightened you know? sense of awareness. But it got him to do the movie, so whatever. That's good. If it worked, it worked, right? So one night, Ed and Lorraine Warren, the real couple who inspired the Conjuring movies, investigated the scene by placing cameras all around the house. They found in one of their pictures, you've probably seen this picture. I didn't realize they're the ones that took it. Uh-huh. Um, anyway, in one of the pictures, they found a young boy with glowing white eyes. I've seen that picture. Yeah, mm-hmm. so they took that. Um, I've seen a lot of Ed and Lorraine Warren stuff. Oh, yeah. I mean, they're, they like, pop I up totally in everything. I totally fangirl the Warren stuff. Yeah, they pop up in everything. Yeah. Um. Many have said that the boy is the ghost of John Matthew DeFeo, the youngest of the children. There are many conspiracies, whether it's John Matthew, a photographer, or a demon revealing itself as a human or something else entirely. To this day, there's still no conversation. Confirmation. Conversation, huh? <laughs> he doesn't talk? I don't understand. <laughs> While the Warrens were investigating at the Amityville house, they came home to horror in their own home. One night, Ed was in his office. The latch at the end of the passageway snapped open and he heard heavy footsteps approaching his office. Fuck that. And that's pretty much it. <laughs> I'm like, and? And? What happened? It doesn't say. And then what? And then what? And then what? So he heard, he heard heavy footsteps, which is scary. But I hear that in the salon on the daily when I'm in there by myself. Right. And I'm like, get me the fuck out of here. Anyway. In the 2005 remake, Ryan Reynolds, who plays George Lutz, reported... Sexy man. Oh my god, he I is fucking sexy. love some Ryan Reynolds. And he's funny as fuck. Oh my yeah, gosh. he is. That, that makes him even sexier. I know. I agree. If you're funny, you're sexy. Well, sometimes. <laughs> Most times. In 2005 remake, um, Ryan Reynolds reported that he and other crew members kept waking up at 3.15 a.m. every day. Witching hour. Which was the time that Ronald DeFeo murdered his parents and siblings. Yep. So, this happens to Ryan's character in the film also, but it was happening to him in real life. Right. Which is, and like everyone else I was working on the movie kept complaining about too. Mm-hmm. So, just before the film began, a dead body washed up on, on shore by the film set. Jesus. Which was completely bizarre. Yeah. So, um, today, the house is for sale with a different address and some structural changes. Mm-hmm. But pretty much everyone knows what happened in that house. Of so. course. <laughs> that house is like, it's going to be famous forever. Right. It doesn't matter what you do to it. I'm a little upset about the structural changes, I have to say. Yeah. <laughs> you know, those like two windows on the side They're and still stuff. There. And, yeah, but it looks different. Well, I don't think so. Have you seen a recent picture of the house? Mm -hmm. I think it looks different. And I wish it was... I don't know. I can look at that house and I'm like, "Mm -hmm, I know what that is. Well, I know what it is. Yeah. But I still just like... I don't know. There's nothing that people could do to that house except, you know, short of knocking that bitch down and rebuilding something completely different that'll make me not know what I'm looking at. Right. You know? They're thinking, yeah, people are going to buy the house. I mean, you have to They're not going to buy that fucking house. Unless the whole like, family was fucking murdered. In right. There. You Unless, have to say that. Right. Well, actually, you don't. There's a statute of limitations on that. But you can't... And sh- anything shy of knocking down that house and rebuilding something completely different, there is nobody on this fucking planet, unless you're fucking Amish and don't have a TV, Yeah. that's going to be like, mm, I'm not going to buy that house because it's the Amityville Horror House. There's nobody... That's gonna be like, I don't know what this house is. Look look at those cool windows. Like Right, yeah. <laughs> and I even if they rebuilt a new structure, it's still gonna be fucking haunted. Yeah, like it's all still on that place. It's of imprinted land. Yeah. in that fucking place. It's it's not gonna go anywhere. Alright. The right last over the Sorry. last movie <laughs> that I'm gonna get into, but I have another little thing after this. Because I think it's fucking nuts and I heard about it a long time ago. I love this kind of shit. Um, but so the last one is number one. Dun, guess. Dun, dun. guess it. Uh, Numero shiny. uno. Close. 
Damn it! The Exorcist. Oh, I was close. <laughs> one of the most acclaimed horror films of all time, and one of the most terrifying, which shaped my childhood. And I never thought it was scary. Oh, dude. Did you watch it when you were little? Not when I was little. Well, I, watched it, I watched see, it when I was like 16. See, there's a movie called Mr. Boogity made by Disney. I've never seen that. And I've never I, even heard of I it. I watched it. There's Oh, there's more than one. Uh, oh, and even I better. I watched it when I was a child, and he, I called him Hamburger Face. He oh. was so fucking terrifying, right? So to me, like, it was the scariest movie ever. But, so, for my kids, I showed them Mr. Boogity. Mm-hmm. And they're like, I wouldn't even watch it with them. Like, that's how bad it scarred <laughs> oh me as a gosh. child. Like, I would not watch it. And they're like, Mom, this is not a scary movie. <laughs> this is and trash. If you guys watched it with the kids, Corwin and Ari, they're brothers. And I don't remember the actor's name who played the mom or dad, but they're like, you would recognize them. And um, what's his name was in it? Um, from Schitt's Creek, the dad. Oh, American Pie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, Levine, Levin, Levy, Levy, Eugene, Eugene Levy. Levy. Yes, yeah. he's in it. Um, but anyway, I don't know why I got onto Mr. Boogity, but hamburger face. <laughs> I what I guess what I was gonna say was that I also at that age probably watched The Exorcist and it scared me less than Mr. Boogity. Oh my gosh, which is crazy because that was a Disney movie. But The Exorcist still scared the fuck out of me. Like it scarred me for life. Like I've never forgotten about it. But at the same time, I still hold it so high. Mm-hmm. In, a lot of you know do. what I mean? As like one of the fucking best horror movies I've ever seen. And Mr. Boogity, I'm like, I'll never watch it again. See, that's <laughs> how I was with um, Pet Cemetery. Oh, yeah. And um, Children of the Corn. I don't remember hardly anything about Children of the Corn. I saw it. But Pet Cemetery, I was terrified i won't even watch the remake so i was going to suggest actually that you and i watch the remake together uh, maybe after we record and i have like four drinks in me <laughs> deal cheers to that all right yeah so but, i only remember bits and pieces of children of the corn um but i remember like even to this day i'll drive like past a cornfield like on the way to the beach or yes. something because you know how you have to drive through like the rural areas to get to the beachy areas yep i'll drive past like a long ass cornfield and i get like these little blips of uh, that movie and i don't even remember the whole story i don't remember like the whole movie i just remember these little itty bitty bits and pieces and i'm like fuck no like no <laughs> no 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 but I want to rewatch that because I remember. I do too because I don't remember really anything about Children of the Corn. I, I just remember it, being creeped the fuck out, and you know I'm 37 and I still right. drive past a cornfield. I'm like, Mm-mm. well, you know what movie I think about when I drive by a cornfield? I think we've talked about this. Jeepers Creepers. <laughs> Have you seen that movie with yeah. Justin Long? Yeah, I don't remember a whole lot so, about it. I, I don't, don't retain know. movies like right. most people do. I retain music, not movies. So I don't know if it was the first one or the second one or both, but there's this scene, a couple scenes, uh where they're driving down the road and there's a cornfield next to them and the fucking monster dude is running in the cornfield, like parallel with the car. Yes. And so my husband's family is from... um, West Virginia. West Virginia. Yeah. And we always take Route 9 to get there. And Route 9, I love Route 9. has... It's fine in the daytime. At night, it's dark as fuck. Oh, I love if it. If your car breaks down or you run out of gas, oh, you're, you're fucked. fucked. Totally fucked. And all you are is... That's on graves. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, listen to our poop episode. You'll hear about that. Um, but... And Danny lets her. So every time... that. <laughs> we are down going that way. All I think about is Jeepers Creepers. Yeah, so, I could see that. Cornfields do get me, too. I yeah, mean, I could definitely see that. <laughs> yeah, just past, like, Waterford. I could totally oh, see yeah. that. Oh, yeah, and then you hit Hillsborough. And, yeah. No. Once, you, But those are even happier because there's, like, civilization. Sort then of. Then you get past, you know, yeah, they're, like, little tiny towns, but you get past that and it's fucking open road and cornfields and creepy barns before that you're, like, you get, there's probably a cult that meets in that barn. Before you start going up the mountain. Oh, yeah. 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 No, no. Mm-hmm. So... Yeah. Anyway, uh, let me tell you a little bit about The Exorcist if you haven't seen it. And if you haven't seen it... Pea soup. I totally suggest you do, and I am a little worried about your choice in podcasts. (laughs) 
I'm not. If you have not we're fucking seen amazing. <laughs> um, but The Exorcist was adapted from a novel written by William Peter Blatty. 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 Eh? Peter Blatty. It tells the story of a young girl's demonic possession and her mother's desperation to get back or to get her back from the clutches of evil. This was also loosely based on a true story, which was about a little boy named Ronald, not Ronald DeFeo. I was about to say, what are you talking about? That was the Amityville Horror. Well, they called him Ronald, Roland Doe. So that's what- Roland Doe? Roland Doe, but his real name was Robbie Manaheim, which that was in, Robbie was in the Poltergeist show that I talked about, and then Ronald was in the other one, and I just totally mixed everything up. But anyway. It should have been like one of those name mashups. I know. Totally That's what I feel like. I'm like, like my up. brain can't fold all the shit. But anyway, so the real boy it's based off of is named Robbie Manaheim. But for years and years and years, he was unknown. And so they called him Roland Doe. Mm. Anyway. Which makes... So much sense. It's like Jane Doe. They picked Roland for the boy version. Well, that's... Hence my sarcastic comment. It makes so much sense. Yeah. Where the fuck... Is really it John Roland? Doe usually? Right. Why Roland? <laughs> I know. I don't know. Why I've not never Stanley? met anyone named Roland. I mean, I have, but why not you Stanley have? Doe or... Wilson Doe. Like, why Roland? Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. Tangent over. Anyway. So, in the movie, the brother Max... The brother of Max, Von Sidro, Father Marin in the film, mm-hmm. passed away as Linda Blair's grandfather. Or no, as did Linda Blair's grandfather. So those two died in the beginning of the film. Mm-hmm. Um, before the film was released, Burke Dennings, played by Jack McGowan. Oh, I wonder if he's related to Rose McGowan. No. Interesting. Anyway, Something he, to Google. He died of flu complications. Oh, that sucks. Father Damien Karras, his mother, played by Vasiliki Maliaros. This is fun. Died after participation with the film, but before the film was released. Doesn't say how. During the original release, it affected many audiences so strongly that paramedics were called to treat people who fainted. I remember reading that. That's crazy. One man fainted and broke his jaw on the seat in front of him. Good lord! A mysterious fire despoiled the set while no cast and crew members were around, which caused a six-week delay in production. There was only one room that went untouched. It's so crazy that everyone's like, oh my god, The Exorcist is terrifying. I'm like, why? Because it is. I mean, I I think the concept is terrifying, Exactly. That's Ish. the whole thing. See, okay, so... So, if you walked up into your kid's room and he was fucking terrifying looking and, like... I'm not saying the concept isn't scary. But you said I, ish. I don't... That's the scariest fucking I thing don't, I can imagine. I don't think the movie is scary. The concept is The movie is, is scary. so scary. I don't think the movie's scary. Well, that's crazy. But yeah. different strokes for different folks. For show, for show. But the fire that messed up the set... It literally ruined every room on the set, except for Reagan's room. Shut up. That's crazy. That was left intact. That's nuts. Played by Linda Blair, if you guys didn't know. But we should I go hope vis- you knew that. We should go visit the stairs one day and hit up Georgetown Cupcakes. Oh, I've, I've visited the stairs Me before. too. They're cool. So we live just, we live like maybe 30 miles outside of Washington, D.C. And the, the, the stairs that are used in the movie are in Georgetown in D.C., so, mm-hmm. you know, as like 20-somethings, it's almost like a rite of passage if you're in this area to go to the exorcist stairs. Actually, my uncle took me there when I was like 12. Yeah. I, I mean, I awesome. went there as a teenager, but I mean, I've been there a million times, but I mean, they're as ominous, even during the day, they're as ominous oh, yeah. as they look in the movie and on the cover and everything. I mean, they're as ominous right. as, you, as they... Are made to look photographed and filmed and every. I mean, they're just creepy so, stairs, but they're they're really cool. And you you know you go up the stairs and they go to like houses or whatever. Well, let me tell you what I but saw when cool. I went there with my uncle. Okay. So we go to the steps, and I was probably like twelve, but and I you're had gonna seen... like wheeze when you get up to the top of them because they're actually steeper than they look. <laughs> <laughs> I think no, we came in. I think from the top. Oh really? I'm trying to remember. Because when you take the bridge and you go in, know. they're like they're literally like right there on the left. Right. And I have no idea. But yeah. anyway, we came up on the steps <laughs> and we 
we're walking the steps and at the bottom there's mm-hmm. like windows cuz there's office buildings or office is offices in this building like wherever so this is towards the bottom i'm looking in this window and it's an office building right but every fucking paper in that office was just strewn about everywhere mm-hmm. and i was like what the fuck so like the desks were there the chairs were there um but like there was just fucking paper everywhere it was all over the floor all over the desks just like i mean you could tell the place was like abandoned like no one worked there anymore but it was just it's like they were like run out of there but at the same time it was literally coated in paper mm-hmm. and i was like what the fuck yeah like it was the weirdest fucking thing and even at 12 i was like well, that's just not normal and see and it's i mean at least the last time i checked and i haven't checked since i was like but maybe 25 but i couldn't find i don't think there's anything like going on there it's just like a you know hoity-toity you have to be like a multi-millionaire to even rent a one room spot in that building but But i'll tell you what if you see that shit when you're a kid and you're already creeped out on those steps because you know the movie you think that's where it happened like when i was 12 i thought that's where the shit happened I didn't know any different. I did too. And then I look in this window and it's yeah. like someone just took fucking computer paper yeah. and just, just it was launched just, it everywhere. It was fucking everywhere. And mm. I'm like, no way no one works in this shit. Like yeah. there's no way. Yeah. Anyway. Yeah, that would be pretty scary to it see. It was. Cause, yeah, cause, I'm like, that just made it more eerie. You know? Yeah. When I was a teenager, I thought that's where it happened too. I didn't realize it was just the steps. Right. Yeah, of course. Yeah. Because mm. they make you think that's where, but that's just where it was filmed. Um, but you know what, when you're filming, so here's a good, um, thing is I used to film my other podcast in the salon, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. And then all of a sudden, like weird shit started happening in the salon. And so my manager would be like, you need to stop fucking recording your episodes in the salon because you're attracting shit. So maybe by them. Well, we have noticed like even now, like I showed you that video of the door that's like, bang, 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 bang. But anyway, what I'm thinking is maybe since that was filmed in that location, even though that's not where it really happened, but they're talking about Lucifer, they're talking about all these demons and the devil, and they're acting like they're possessed, it could have attracted shit to maybe. that location, to that Or area. maybe, like, occultists go there, because the literally the only thing that was filmed there was the stairs. That's it. Yeah. The stairs. I guess it that's depends. It. But, I mean, I feel like... And maybe when people are acting stuff out, like spirits or like demons don't realize it's you're acting. Yeah. They think you're really like throwing someone down those steps and something bad happened there. Yeah. So I don't know. You know? Yeah. Who knows? But like that, I feel like filming stuff could attract, because, um, what's her name? This is getting off topic. I'm sorry. One more second. I'm not. <laughs> um, what's her name? Jennifer Love Hewitt. Yeah. So they started, when she was doing the Ghost Whisperer, uh-huh. they started having like, I think a season or two in, uh-huh. they started having all this technical difficulty. They were catching what looked like ghosts in the film, and they'd have to keep pausing and redoing it. Well, then she said something followed her home. Mm-hmm. She had to have her house exercised. On that note, more shit has been happening at my house since really? we got back from Withville. Really? Mm-hmm. Well, that's another guys, that's you another paranormal twattivity episode. What I was going to tell you is so our season is about to end, guys. Yeah. And don't worry, there's not going to be a big break. It's just going to be season 2. <laughs> right. We're we're not taking like a hiatus. But it's we're going to be like end of season 1, beginning of season 2. We're starting anew for the fall Halloween season. Yeah. And I was thinking we should start with paranormal twattivity. I agree. So, yeah, I've been taking note of like all of this stuff. Oh, and it, good. none of it's huge. But it's more frequent, and I'm like, what the fuck is happening? I'm oh, like, see, and I've been fine. And I'm like, me alone. And I'm like, oh shit, this has all been like picked up since the investigation. And my mom's like, don't bring anything home. And I'm like, mm, okay. I'm pretty sure it's <laughs> all still in Withville. I think just maybe because I've like opened myself up and I've relaxed, and I'm like, yes, and I got such a rush. Yeah. Whatever it is, it's like, oh okay, I'm gonna be more obvious now. Right. I think that's what it is. Right, right, right. So, anyways. All right. So. What do we got? Sorry about that, guys. I'm not. Still on The Exorcist. 
Um, there's only a couple more things. So, religious zealots mm. sent death threats to Blair because they believed the film glorified Satan. Blair had bodyguards protect her for six months after the film's release. Glorified Satan? They thought the film did. What kind of Catholics are you? Well, I mean, the film doesn't glorify him because he's like, it's a fucking terrifying film. But it got me more into the paranormal dark side of demons than it did Christianity. To me, sure. it was like, oh shit, this can really happen. Right. Because of Christianity, you think And then that can I was really like, happen. oh my god, the church can help you? Yeah. Like to me, God. Dude, let me tell you guys this. The day I'm not gonna get on my religious tangent. The but. day <laughs> that I feel that I have to go to the Catholic Church to help me is gonna be a bad day. That's the that day where I'm going to be There's some like, major mm-hmm. fucking shit happening. Right. And we have nowhere else to go. Right. <laughs> I'm an atheist. And if, if I feel like I need to call a priest. Or like hide out in a church because I can't come in. Right. Then there is some real shit right. happening. Then we got, we got issues. That makes it terrifying <laughs> and exciting at the same time. Right. <laughs> like I'm, I'm going to call you a hypocrite and then I'm going to hide you. I'm going to hide in your uh, holy, oh. holy building. <laughs> All right. Katie's gonna die. Yeah, she's like, <laughs> she's like, I believe in you. I believe. Just protect me. Right. <laughs> if that me. happens, then that means some crazy shit right. is going down. Hey, then you know the world is ending. <laughs> yeah. if Katie's in the castle. Lucifer church. has arrived at that point. <laughs> <laughs> he is in the building. <laughs> All right. He is in my butter. <laughs> so, lastly, about the Exorcist. This is so nuts. So, Linda Blair had a breakdown during filming and attacked her Holy on-screen mother. Hey, I don't know what that is. That's... Woo. But so, what happened was... So, there's a scene where Linda Blair, like, is fucking jumps through the air, like, mm-hmm. flies through the air or something. And so, in the movie, while they're filming, she's on a harness, right? Mm-hmm. And, but during this scene, she starts to have a real mental breakdown. Mm. Like, she just fucking goes wild. And so, the thing, the, what is it called? The, uh, the thing that's holding on to her. The harness. The harness. Yeah. yeah. Like, the string to the harness breaks <gasps> while she's flying at this woman who plays her mother, right? Oh my god. It breaks. She still fucking lands on her and she starts attacking her. In real life, not for the movie. Like she legit something is like possessing something her snapped. or snapping in her, right. and she just starts fucking attacking this woman. And they used that scene. I was about to say it sounds like what's in the movie. They used that scene because it was so convincing. Because the screams from the woman who played her mom were real. They were legit. Yeah, yeah. and I was about she to say, wait, that happens. She knew. <laughs> Like, the actress who played her mom knew, like, this wasn't what was supposed to happen. Right. You know? But they used it. But how the fuck... I mean, how many coincidences happen? You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, as you're coming down towards her, your fucking cords just get cut and you just land on her and you're free to go? No. I'm mostly of the mind that there's no such thing as a coincidence. Yeah. Yeah. So... I agree with you, too. Yeah. I mean, I don't... I think there's very small margin of, like, room for that. Yeah. But like, for the most part... Like, really fucking small. Right. But for the most part, yeah. There's a cunt has chance. There's a cunt has chance. A twat has chance <laughs> of a coincidence. So that um, sums up my movies, but there's, like, a little tip from a movie that I wanted to tell you about, because... I had heard about this a while ago, which kind of made me want to look into curse movies. Okay. And it was the movie The Passion of the Christ. Ooh, with yes. Mel Gibson? Well, Mel Gibson wasn't in it, but he directed it. Oh, right. So. Shows how, see, guys, I'm religious. I went to, so. <laughs> <laughs> I went to, I did see the movie in the movie theater with my husband. And so I went to like CCD after school yeah, you and did. shit like that. So, uh, the only good thing about, I mean, uh, not the only good thing, but it's just, it She's gives you. She's trying not to offend anyone. Right. It gives you a base, and watching the movie, 
I knew what they were talking about, right. basically. You know right. what I mean? I knew who Judas was and stuff. And so even I know that stuff. Right. Well, <laughs> Danny didn't. And so it's all like I know because like historically who it is, and right. I know like the ins and outs. I just don't So the movie is all in Aramaic, which is fucking brilliant if you think about it, because right. that is a extinct language. That is a dead language. Right. And this cast learned it. That's really cool. To film this movie. So. That's like when Game of Thrones, when they learned Dothraki. Right. (laughs) (laughs) Just teasing you. But still, that's like the same thing as Lord of the Rings. Like, they learned this whole other language that Mm. wasn't even like, like, that's crazy. But Mm. so they learned Aramaic, which was a real language. Yeah. But, um, so you're reading subtitles the whole time. And the whole time my husband's like, who's Judas? And I'm like, (laughs) oh my God, I'll tell you later. And he's asking me questions constantly. And I'm like. Well, okay. I can't really watch this because he doesn't know. He didn't go to CCD or to church or anything. He doesn't know anything about it. So yeah. one thing I was like, well, it's good that I have this background so I can like build off of it. I can at least understand certain movies. You have a movies. base and you can... Because yeah. I will say because of my upbringing, like I went to Catholic church every Sunday and yes, I was bored as fuck the whole time. <laughs> my mom <laughs> sang in the church choir. I Shocking. went to CCD. Yeah. Um, but... I will say, and I think it stems from that, my favorite scary movies have to do with demons and the Catholic Church. I was about to say, that's why you love demons so much. There was a show... See, I hate demonic shit. I love it. There was a movie... Because to me, my upbringing, that shit's real. Right. That's what they teach you. I mean, that's it, makes, real. it makes a lot of sense. And so to me, it's the scariest movie because that could really happen. Yeah. Just like when you watch... I mean, I, I think it could happen. It's just, to me, it it's not like quote-unquote taboo right. to me because I'm not religious. I wasn't raised religious. I mean, I know religion. I know the history. I know the characters. I know the... You know what I mean? Right, right, right. I get it. It's just demonic shit to me. I'm just kind of like, meh. Well, see, when you're brought up in the church, like, yeah. it's just a whole different feeling. Oh, I, I, and, I would imagine. And so, like, there was a movie called The Order with... um. Oh, my gosh. Why can't... Heath Ledger. Uh-huh. He was I the priest him. in that. I miss I him. too, I know. Um, there's there's an awesome movie called End of Days with Arnold Schwarzenegger. Mm-hmm. And that also has to do with it. But yeah, so anything demons just ingrained in my mind from childhood, like that shit's real. Mm-hmm. And the coming is happening and you either go up or you go down, you know. So that's terrifying to me. Right. Even though, I mean, I don't know where I stand on it now, but just it's like kind of built into my brain. That right. That it's kind of like scary. your default. Yeah. Right. But anyway, so this, this is the last thing I want to tell you. It happened during the filming of The Passion of the Christ. Um, looks like God did not approve of the casting of his son. Is it Jim Caviezel? Yeah. Is that how you say that's it? That's exactly how you say it. Okay. He played Jesus. In his last moments on Earth in The Passion of the Christ, the actor ended up with a lung infection, <gasps> pneumonia, and hypothermia during Jesus. the filming. No pun intended. His makeup gave him a major skin infection, <sighs> and he generally didn't enjoy having a super tight crown of thorns on his head while he carried around a 150-pound cross. So I mean, he, I probably wouldn't either. Yeah, he did that himself. He didn't have, like, a stunt double that could, like, really carry the weight of that. Yeah, make it more authentic. Yeah. Yeah. But the very worst was on the Sermon on the Mount. Mm. As they were about to film the scene, Caviezel was struck by lightning. (gasps) People started screaming, Caviezel explained, (gasps) and they said, I had fire on both sides of my head and a light around me. Oh! Crazier still, assistant director Jan Michelini was also struck by lightning twice. I know somebody that was struck twice. Well, this is three people now during the filming of That's this movie. Fucking or this crazy. is three lightning strikes right. during the filming of the movie. That's fucking also, crazy. Also, Jim Caviezel's scene that he got struck on yeah. was when they were crucifying him on the cross. Fuck. Isn't that crazy? That's a sign. Uh, yeah. You cannot tell me there's not something out there that's like, Fuck you, no. Jesus is like, I would, I would done strike you dead. Right. But he's like, you're probably like the devil incarnate and I'm going to strike your bitch ass with lightning. <laughs> right. So I don't know if they were like, 
Bzz, you're doing it wrong. Bzz, that's not what happened. Bzz, you're a white script. <laughs> you know what I mean? He's probably like a monster behind closed doors. And oh, he's God, like, I hope you not. You I can love him. Portray me? Yeah. God, I hope not. Did Fuck you ever see you. The Mount of Mo- or The Mount? The Count of Monte Cristo? Mm-mm. Oh, such a good movie. I love him. So I hope he. I mean, he's probably obviously nowhere near what people would hold Jesus to. Yeah. <laughs> he's, you know. But I really hope he's not a bad dude. But yeah, he got struck by lightning when he was about to be crucified. And then the director got Watch a bit. Struck it's twice. like Jesus is like, this didn't actually happen. Mm-hmm. You know that, right? This he's is like, Do all you guys stories. Know I'm this an is, alien. I'm not right? a godly being. <laughs> this is all symbolic. I don't know why this isn't a book. Why do you guys think this actually happened? Like, No offense to anybody. Like, if, you know, I care. But... <laughs> but the cool thing about the movie is these actors learned fucking Aramaic. That's really cool. That's insane. And they spoke it like they knew what the fuck they were saying. I love, like, when I watch that show Vikings, they speak old English. Like, real old English. Right. And, like, when That's I watch so much a lot work. of stuff when they speak, like, Welsh. And they speak, like, all these old-ass languages. Right. I'm like, I fucking love this shit. Now, when we speak hieroglyphics... Yeah, so that's more due to the vodka. That's always fun. That's vodka talk. Alright, guys. I hope you enjoyed this episode. We sure did. Don't go getting struck by lightning now. And don't crucify yourselves. So, the next episode... I'm gonna tell you some funny shit that I found on the internet. I can't wait. Funny episodes are my jam, man. They're my jam, too. And at the end of the next episode, I'm going to give Katie a little preview about the next, next episode. Fuck yeah! Yay! Woo! Hi guys, catch you next time. Love you. Oh my god, stop recording.